you have your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. As we're on our fifth lesson of a study that we've entitled, Rebuilding Walls, Finding Your Place. Look, each and every one whom God places within a church, He places it within the church to, for them to exercise their spiritual gifts. He has a place for you. And the thing is, we must find our place in the church. Now, we're using Nehemiah and the wall because Nehemiah found a place for everybody, and that's why the wall was so successful in being uh, rebuilt as quickly as it was. This morning, we want to look at the idea of let's just do it. Let's do it, okay? Let's do it, and that's what happened with this wall. We last looked at the price of leadership last week, and we saw that in order to be a true leader, there's a price that has to be paid. And that price, as we saw last week, was threefold. If we are going to be a successful leader, now don't say, well, pastor, you're the leader. You are a leader in some way, some form, some fashion, whether it's the leader in your home, whether it's the leader in the ministry you're involved in, whether it's the leader on the job or whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're in a leadership role in any way, and we're all servant leaders when it comes to Jesus Christ, so we're all in a leadership role. Don't just put it on the pastor, okay? We're all in a servant role in some place. But no matter what that role is, you know, uh, we saw last week that it's threefold. If we're going to be successful, we must uh, understand isolation, identification, and confirmation. We must understand that, that we're going to be confronted you know, by those who disagree with us. And we talked about that last week. And if you're not willing to pay the price, you will never be able to be successful in whatever it is you're leading. There comes a time, folks, we must all, you know, put away our own selfish desires. We must put those selfish desires behind us and do what needs to be done. You show me a church that is having problems within that church, and I'll show you a group of people who want things done their way or it's the highway. And that's not the way. We will never get anything accomplished, no church will, if everybody is not working together doing their part. So let's just talk about this morning. Let's do it. Let's do it. How exciting it is to realize when God is working in your life to know that you have a reason to get up every morning. I will assure you, when God is working in your life, you know that you have a reason to get up every morning. Why? Because you know you have a passion. You have a purpose for living because you're a a servant of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and you're working for Him. Many believers who have no purpose for God. There's a lot of people in our churches who have no purpose for God. They're only attending because it's Sunday morning. You know, but they have no purpose in their life for God. How sad that is. And let me tell you something. People like that who have no purpose for God, they wake up in the mornings and they say, good Lord, it's morning. Good Lord, it's morning. But you show me a person who has a purpose for God. You show me a person who is, uh, you know, working for God and doing for God and, and, and excited about God. And that person gets up in the mornings and saying, good morning, Lord. You see the two extremes there. I mean, isn't it a whole lot better to wake up in the mornings and say, good morning, Lord, because you know you have a passion. You know God is going to use you today for something, and God is going to move in your heart. Therefore, every day is a good day. Every day is a day we can say, good morning, Lord. Good afternoon, Lord. Good night, Lord. 
because we have a purpose and we, we have a passion to serve our God. Now, during Nehemiah's midnight stroll that we looked at last week through the rubble, I believe at that time he began strategizing of what all was going to need to be done. He took a look at everything. And then he, re- he challenged the people. And the thing is, the people responded positively to his words and his leadership. Look, when we begin responding positive to God, that's when great things begin to happen. Great things. God can do great things through his people who are responding in a positive way to what he's leading. Nehemiah had a plan. Nehemiah had an action. And and because of that, the people were successful. He divided segments of the wall and he began assigning people these various jobs and these various uh, uh, segments. And each person had his or her particular job. And you know what? They didn't worry about somebody else's job. Well, how many times in the church have we seen people say, well, they're not doing their part. You know, why ain't they doing anything? Look here. We can't worry about what others are or are not doing. We got to worry about, am I doing what God has called me to do? And when you read this story and you study this, you see that everybody was doing their part. They didn't look at their neighbor and said, hey, you're not doing, you're not doing right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not carrying your end of the load. No, folks, they all work together. They focused on their particular you know, job and their particular duty. And when we begin, again, responding to God this way, great things can happen. And as a result of this, in 52 days, 52 days, now again, kind of get a picture of Jerusalem. All the walls were broken down. The gates were burned around Jerusalem. And because everybody was willing to work together, pull their end of the load, in 52 days, the impossible happened. Folks, again, it's amazing what God can do with a group of people who are willing to say, let's do it. Let's do it. Each and every person had their particular job. And that's why it was so successful. Why was this great task successful? Because of the cooperation of all the people working together. And what we're going to see today is what God can do with a group of people who are willing to harmonize together and say, let's do it. I believe there's three principles that emerge out of this text. It's going to be a little short sermon this morning. But, you know, that's okay. I think last week I kept you a little late. So I'll make up this morning. All right, let's take a look at first of all. Participation. Participation. As we read chapter 3, three words we see over and over and over again, and that is next to him, next to him, next to him, next to him. And everybody was together. Everybody was working side by side. And that's the key to it, folks, is working side by side. Participation. It literally means at his hands. You know, it was all about teamwork. And if there's one thing we must understand in this lesson this morning is that teamwork makes the dream work. You can have the dream. You can have the vision. You can have the idea. But if there's not teamwork, the dream will never come to pass. Anyone who has ever been successful in life has always had others by their side. Even Paul was clear about that idea also in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, we are laborers together. We're laborers together 
in Jesus Christ, folks, in the church. You know, we're laborers together. Helen Keller once made this statement. She said, alone we can do little, but together we can do much. A great statement. And how true it is. As we look at the story of Nehemiah and the success they had, it's easy to see that a successful team is a group of many hands working together, yet one mindset. And that's carrying out God's will and God's purpose. They had all bought into the vision of Nehemiah, and they all had one purpose and one mind. You see, this is the slogan there's a slogan that is on every letter that we send out, every piece of correspondence, even if you'll look in your bulletin, you know, the very top thing on the bulletin says this, God's family works best when its members work together. Every correspondence we send out, those of you who have received visitor letters from us, you, you see that on there. You know, God's people or God's family works best when his people work together. You know, and that's what it's all about. Nehemiah understood this concept of both teamwork and one, uh, and, and one mindset. It's important to note, too, as you read this story, that there are 38 different names and 42 different groups recorded in this one chapter. John, throw that up there. There's 38 different names and 42 different groups recorded in this one chapter. That's amazing. Look how many people came together. And, and that's why the thing was so successful. In this list, when you read this list, we're not going to read all of it this morning, but when you read it, you'll see there were spiritual leaders. You'll see there were high priests. You will see there were priests. There were politicians. There were single people. There were married couples. There were bachelors. There were craftsmen and even perfumers. And, and, and maybe on that day even some Democrats worked. I don't know, but we won't go there. But, you know, everybody came together. Everybody came together. And that's why it was so successful, folks. Look, no one was too good to take part in the assignment that God had given them by Nehemiah. They all worked together in harmony. Success is always the end result of individual people combining their efforts together as one. Success is always going to happen. Look, there were those who would finish their assignment, and you know what they would say? Let me go get me a glass of tea and get in the shade. No, 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 that's not what they said. They would finish their assignment. They would come to Nehemiah and say, what else needs to be done? What else needs to be done? When was the last time in any church you had people come and say, what can I do? Is there anything else I can do? You know, what, what is there for me to do? Folks, that's why this was so successful. And you show me a church where the people are coming to the pastor or, you know, a nominating committee or whatever and saying, what else can I do? You know, I, I've done this. I completed this. Give me something else. Give me something else. Folks, sometimes we've got to get to the point where we just say, let's do it. And we have to get together and work together. Now, we're not going to look at all these verses, you know, verse 11, 19, 21, 24, 27, 30. When you look at those verses, we see that uh, those who uh, went beyond the call of duty. In other words, Nehemiah began to say, this person, this person, this group, this group, they all went beyond the call of duty. We see in these words next to him, next to him, after him, time and time again, showing that they all worked together. 
And folks, that's what a church is all about. All working together. And what we see with these guys is they couldn't get enough. You know, what else can I do? What else can I do? Look, when the Spirit of God moves, it, there, there's a fire that, that, that moves us. You know, and, and, and we can do above and beyond the extraordinary. When that fire's within our gut. When that fire. When was the last time that fire was in your gut to do something for the Lord? I shared with our Wednesday night and Sunday night group uh, a testimony. We've, uh, we've been talking about, we've been studying on Sunday night's angels. And last, last week, or week before last, we talked about guardian angels and how angels appear to us at various times for various reasons. And I, I shared a testimony with them that, you know, I've confronted an angel once, okay? And this, or this angel confronted me, I guess you might say. And, and let, me, let me tell you the story, okay? I went to an evangelism conference in Dallas. I was by myself, okay? That's before people started going with me. But I was at this evangelism conference by myself. I come out of that conference this high off the ground, okay? I was fired up. There was a fire in my gut. I was coming back to Lufkin. And there would not, when I got through, there would not be a lost person in Angelina County. I'm serious. I was that fired up. That fire was in my gut. In fact, I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol. And at that time, I believed I could have put it out. Well, as I walked out, I started going through the parking lot, and this old guy come up to me. And he said, hey, man, I, I need some help. You know, could you help me? Could you give me some money or something? My response to him was, no, I ain't got time for that. You know why I didn't have time for that? Because I was going to get back to Lufkin and, you know, lead everybody in Angelina County to the Lord. So I didn't have time for this dude. Are you with me? I went from about here to the parking lot, and the Lord hit me and said, <laughs> you're going back to Angelina County, and everyone's going to be saved, and I just put somebody in front of you, and you shunned him. You know how tall that made me feel? Not that tall. I turned around and I walked that entire parking lot looking for that guy. And you know what? He was out, not there. Not there. Now, he couldn't have gone far with me just going to the, you know, from here to that parking lot right there. I'm still convinced to this day God was showing me. God already knew, <laughs> you know, that I wasn't on fire as much as I did. But I think he was wanting to show me where I really was. Therefore, he put an angel in front of me to show me myself. But folks, when there's a fire within our gut, when there's a fire within us, let me tell you, God can do extraordinary things with us. When was the last time that, that, that you felt that fire in your gut to do something for God? When was the last time? Look, Nehemiah also named those who did not do their share in putting their shoulder to the grindstone. Look at verse 5. Oh, we're finally getting to a scripture, aren't we? Some of you are probably thinking, you're going to preach without turning to the Bible? Well, we'll turn to the Bible. Verse 5. Look at verse 5. Because here's what I want you to see. He named all of these people and what all they did, and, and, and he commended them for their work and, and what they were doing and how they were working all together. But don't miss this. 
he also names those who did not do their share. Look at verse 5. And next unto him the Tekanites repaired. But look at this. But their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. You know what he's talking about? Their nobles, the upper class. Hey, that work is for the lower class. And he said their upper class, they wouldn't do no work. How sad. How sad. Look, don't miss this. No one should be too good to do the work of the Lord. With God, folks, we're all one class. There's no such thing with God as an upper class, a middle class, and a low class. We are all justified, sanctified, soon-to-be-glorified children of God. And we're all on the same level. No one is too good to do the work of the Lord. No one. You know, isn't it amazing how many want to share in the victories, but they don't want to share in the battles? Only when we share in the price of battles do we appreciate the true victory. You know, it's been a while. It's been, how long has it been since you were challenged to truly work for the Lord? Now, let me say this. It's been a while since we've challenged you when it comes to our wall here at Fairview. What am I talking about? Our wall, I'm talking about this building that we're in. It's been a while since I've challenged you on it. Those who've been here a while know it's been a while. You know, I'm talking here about this new sanctuary. You know, in the beginning, we had a good number of people giving regularly, regularly to the building fund. But over the years, it's dwindled down to where there's only, from what I understand, I never see the finances. I just ask Linda, you know, how many we got given regularly, okay? Don't know who those are or who, who they're not. She said we got four or five people giving regularly to the building fund. Now think about that. Four or five giving regularly to the building fund. And folks, it's because of that that we have to take money from the general fund each month to make up the difference in the building note. Now I ask you, are you doing your part on our wall in helping to pay for this building that God has saw, saw fit? To bless us with. You see, the, the reason that Nehemiah and the people were able to be successful in building the walls and the gates around Jerusalem in such a timely manner is because they all pitched in and done their part. You know, we shouldn't have to take money out of the general fund to make up the building, though, if we would all do our part in being regular givers toward the building fund. You know, who... who, who who would be willing to join in our wall? Who would be willing to make the sacrifice to see that our project is completed in a timely manner? There's a poem that goes like this. I thought it was kind of funny, so I included it. It goes like this. He wasn't much for stirring about. It wasn't his desire. No matter what others did, he was sitting by the fire. The same old story day by day. He never seemed to tire. While others worked to build their church, he was sitting by the fire. At last he did, as all must do. They say he went up higher. But if he's doing what he used to do, he's sitting by the fire. Hmm, pretty tough, isn't it? Look here. Are you sitting or are you serving? 
Ask yourself these questions. Three questions I want you to ask yourself this morning. Don't blurt out the answer. Just answer to yourself. Okay? First question is this. If every member was just like me, what kind of church would my church be? Second question, ask yourself. If every person attended like me, what would the attendance of my church be? And the third and final question, ask yourself, if every member tithed like me, what would the finances of my church be? Wow, all three of those are some tough questions, are they not? You see, the answer to a vibrant, growing church, without a doubt, is people participation. We must all work together for one common goal. The second thing is cooperation. You see, they not only participated individually, but they also cooperated and was willing to be used where, where they were needed the most. Look, they, they found their place on the wall, and they did not hesitate to do whatever it took. Here's what we see. Some removed rubbish. Some stacked bricks. Some built walls. Some were foremans. And, but they all worked together as a team. And again, they were all, uh, they understood they was all of the same class. No one was too, you know, good to stack rubbish. No one was too good to stack bricks and haul bricks. No one was too good to, to build the walls, you know, and, and, and no one thought I should be the foreman. No, it was wherever they needed. And this is a picture of how the church ought to operate. When spiritual gifts are, are exercised in a proper manner, folks, this is what will happen. Every member has a particular part. However, not all of us do the same thing. We all have a part. But we don't all do the same thing. You know, a, a, a cup of water given in the name of Jesus, I believe it makes the headlines in heaven. I believe it makes the headlines among the angels. We must learn to work together rather than apart. Uh, our uh, refrigerator went out uh, the other day. And I went and picked up another refrigerator yesterday and, you know, unloaded it, got it to the back door, and Tim and John was going to bring the refrigerator in, okay? So, you know, they, they, they began to push and they pulled, and you know, for, for 30 minutes trying to get that refrigerator in the house. Finally, John turns to Tim, and he said, you know, Tim, I don't think we're ever going to get this refrigerator in the house. <laughs> I'm using this example. <laughs> so Tim turns to John. No, we didn't. Didn't y'all put a refrigerator in yesterday? Okay. Well, don't ruin my story, okay? I'm trying to make a point here, okay? Anyway, after about 30 minutes, you know, John turns to Tim, and John says, Tim, I don't think we're ever going to get this refrigerator in the house. And Tim says, in the house? I thought we was trying to get it out. Now, that part didn't happen. But the refrigerator, we did get a refrigerator, okay? But I just thought it was kind of make a point across how we got to work together, okay? We, one can't be pushing, you know, and the other pulling and, and not going in the same direction. I'm sorry, son. You forgive me? There you go. 
If y'all didn't hear him, he said, if he didn't forgive me, how could he forgive himself? Great spiritual answer. Okay, so this may sound ridiculous, folks, but it's the very thing that's happening in many of our churches. Think about it. You know, some are wanting to go this way, others are wanting to go this way, and because of that, nothing is being accomplished. One's trying to get the refrigerator in, one's trying to get the refrigerator out. Therefore, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Folks, we we have to work together. There can be no long-ranger Christians within the church. And as you know, even the long-ranger depended on Tonto, didn't he? Finally, affirmation. Affirmation. Look, just as Nehemiah noted those who refused to participate, he also noted those who were working hard, and he described and he affirmed them. You see, God is affirming what it is that we do, and it will all be brought out at the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be brought out. Folks, when we as children of God stand before that judgment seat of Christ to receive the rewards while on this earth, God is going to affirm, this is what you did. You know, you was willing to, to, to mow the yard, you know. You was willing to, to clean the, 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 the building. You was willing to, you know, even clean the toilets or whatever. You were willing. He's going to affirm that that we have done for him. You were willing to, 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 to work the fellowships and provide the food and clean afterwards and things like that. We're going to receive a reward. That's our affirmation that we've done what God has called us to do. Look, God does not have to be reminded by us that we've served him. <laughs> okay? We don't have to remind God, well, you, did, you did see that, didn't you? <laughs> you? You did see how uh, I come up here and worked at the church yesterday, right, God? You mark that one down? No, 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 no. God don't need that from us. God don't need that. Look, it is said of Leon Trotsky, Leon Trotsky was one of the founders of Russian communism that in 1915, he come to the United States, and in 1915, he was invited to a Sunday school in Chicago, in a church in Chicago. Now, he attended, but when he arrived in the classroom, the teacher was absent that day. Now, this is Leon Trotsky, the founder of Russian communism. He went to this Sunday school class because he is invited. He got in the Sunday school class. The teacher was absent that day and hadn't even bothered about replacing himself with another teacher. So no one was in there to teach, even though he was invited to come. And as a result of the unfaithfulness of this one teacher, the unfaithfulness of this one teacher, there was no one there that day to share the word of God with Trotsky. Now, don't miss this. As far as it's known, he never went back to Sunday school or church again. And it's, you know, uh, and I wonder, what would have happened? What would have happened if a faithful Sunday school teacher had have been present that day to share the word of God? with Leon Trotsky. What would have happened? Now, we don't know, but it could have made an eternal difference, not only in his life, but in the millions of lives that have been affected by communism ever since. Just a thought. 
Folks, we have to be faithful in that that God has called us to do. And if we're not faithful in what God has called us to do, it's not just going to affect us. It's going to affect others. And just like when we stand before that Bema Seat judgment of Christ and God affirms the things that we've done and rewards us for it, he's also going to point out where we failed because of unfaithfulness to him. What a day that's going to be when we have to answer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for our faithfulness and our obedience. Now, the part of sharing that story is we all have our place on the wall. And if we're not doing our part, the entire church is going to suffer for it. And it's also going to affect our church by how we get the word of God out. Yes, great things can happen when God's children begin working together and cooperate with one another. And in Nehemiah's case, each person had a job to do, and they did it. And because they did it, folks, in 52 days, the impossible happened. The impossible happened. Each one of us must see to it that, that we do our part also. You know, we shouldn't worry about who's not carrying their load. We just need to concentrate and be concerned about, am I carrying my load? Am I doing what God has placed me on the wall to do, in the church to do? As far as my attendance, as far as my tithing, as far as my involvement in ministry, whatever it might be, we need to ask ourselves this morning, man, am I doing my part? Or is someone else suffering because of my unfaithfulness, because of my disobedience? Because we will stand before Jesus Christ one day to have to give an answer. Look, if you're here this morning and you're saved, you know, I haven't been faithful like I should. I've been taking shortcuts. I've been um, not obedient, not faithful to what God has called me to do, to my ministry or whatever. Maybe this morning you need to get down at this altar and you need to cry out to God. Ask God to forgive you and put that fire in your gut for your ministry. I mean, if you're going to have the ministry, have the fire in your gut because that's the only way it's going to be successful. If that fire in your gut's not there, folks, it's just going to be mediocre. And if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you need to get that taken care of this morning. We're going to give you the opportunity right here in just a moment, in just a moment with a song of invitation. We would just ask that you come. Let's pray.